the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 you're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go till 2 on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Joining us right now is the Commissioner of Elementary and Secondary Education for the state of Rhode Island. Uh, she is Angelica Infante-Green. Commissioner, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Good morning. Commissioner, right now, with Rhode Island Public Schools set to begin on Monday, if you were to give the the uh, the schools a grade, what type of overall grade would you give the schools? Well, that's hard to tell. Everybody's in a different place. But I just finished um, visiting two schools this morning, and they look like I would give them an A minus. We're almost there. Um, so it it really depends. I think everybody's been working really hard. So I think building by building, um, we're in different places. How should some parents feel if their district is opting to uh, begin with distance learning? Well, I, I think they should ask more questions. Are they beginning just for a week or two? Or um, Everybody has till October 13th to be fully um, in person. So some districts are starting slower, which is fine. Um, the school that I went to today is only starting with um, sixth grade, and then the following week they're bringing in seventh and eighth and ninth. And while the other, while the seventh graders are at home, they're learning through um, distance learning. So there's different models out there. But I would ask the question: When will my child be expected to be fully in person? Commissioner, when did you, when did when you were young and a child, how did you view? the beginning of school and when did you realize that this was the vocation that was right for you? Oh, wow. I love school. I think like most people buying that book bag and your school supplies is very exciting. But I began tutoring kids in my neighborhood when I was, oh, I think in the sixth, seventh grade, I would tutor the younger kids and I've been tutoring. I was tutoring all through high school and my grandmother ran a school in the Dominican Republic. So I think it's in my blood. I've known from the first day that this is this is what I wanted to do. And how has it been, though? You deal with teachers. Obviously, you, you're the commissioner of education. But was it difficult to, to be more in this type of role as opposed to the hands-on element of a classroom? Um, you know, it's, it's a little different, but being... Coming from the classroom, you understand how um, different it is. When you're in your classroom, you only worry about what's happening in your classroom. Once you go into a managerial role, you have to worry about the entire school, every single classroom, every single student. You understand things a little differently. Um, 
when you're in the classroom, you worry about your kids and what's happening in front of you, which is rightfully so. But I think it's, it's just a little different. It's different. My job, I view as making sure that teachers have what they need to be successful. Folks, we are speaking with the Commissioner of Elementary Secondary Education, the State of Rhode Island. It's Angelica Infanti Green. Commissioner, you came in, John Hopkins report on the situation in Providence, Wall Street Journal reports on the situation in Providence, state takeover, the situation in Providence. For, for someone, there's a lot of different elements to it, but as someone that you've had a chance to, to look at it, study it, absorb it, feel it firsthand, where did things break down years ago in Providence or have things always been broken systematically? I think they've always been broken. Um, I found this report from 1993 that mirrors the Johns Hopkins report. The systems that are in place have been in place for a very long time and uh, they're dysfunctional. As we're unpacking all of it, there are rules that I just can't believe exist uh, that are troubling for someone who comes in as an outsider. And I think that we need to change a lot of those structures and systems in order to be successful. We can't keep doing the same thing. What What are some of those rules, for example? So I was very surprised that teachers don't have to go to a parent-teacher conference. That is optional. That was a little shocking for me. Um, this is the first place that I've seen that happen. Um, there's, it's very hard to have a relationship with the community when you're not there. I had a parent say to me, I've come two years in a row. My child's teacher hasn't been here. Um, that's a system flaw. That's not an individual teacher or anyone. That's a system flaw. That's something that should be built in. Um, so the, the, that's one of the things that we have, but there are many other things. There's also a sense of, um, this is all that these kids can do, which is not true. Um, I think we we limit the expectations for the, the students. Is it almost like if a, a sick patient goes to a doctor, the doctor starts to see certain symptoms, whatever they may be, you know, they're coughing or they seem tired or things like Is that the same way? Can Are you able to, with your experience, almost start to evaluate the way a doctor would evaluate a patient? Absolutely. I'll give you an example. I visited a school. We had these virtual Zoom meetings early in the morning with teachers. And there was a teacher that said to me that her fifth graders were reading at a first grade level. Hmm. I was I was shocked. And I said, well, all of them, all 25 of them? She said, yes. And um, so my next question is, well, are they new to the school? Are they new to the country? And she said, no. They've been with us since kindergarten. So when all 25 kids are reading at a first grade level, what does that tell you? Hmm. There's there's low expectations. It, it just can't be. It's impossible. There's always going to be one or two kids that struggle, are behind. Um, but if your entire class is, that's a systemic problem. That's something that we have um, we have failed those kids. And we failed the teachers without giving them the right resources and supports to be able to do their job. I know that in, in uh, I think, after the John Hopkins report, one of the things that came out was that the Providence school system was too adult-centric. What, what does that mean to you when, when people hear that it's too adult-centric? Well, I don't know what people hear, but I do know that everything that is in place is to benefit the adults. So I'll give you an example. Um you know, we have, it's no secret that um, Providence has had trouble hiring teachers. This is the first year that we only have 30 vacancies. Last year at this time, we had 100 vacancies. Wow. So we're, yeah, it's, so kids were not going to have teachers in. I did not have the ability, the superintendent didn't have the ability to put in a math teacher as a sub in that classroom. We had to put whoever the most senior person is, as opposed to another math teacher. The principal couldn't select to put another math teacher there. Um, all, you know, so they were rotating different teachers in a class. That doesn't oh. make sense. No. Why, why would you do that? It doesn't make sense. Well, those are the rules. Well, who made the rules? We, we have to really unpack all of this. And that's what we're doing. And it's going to be hard, I have to tell you, because um, change is difficult, especially for adults. 
We're speaking with Commissioner of Elementary and Secondary Education, State of Rhode Island's Commissioner Angelica Infante-Green. Now, Commissioner, what about, I mean, there's obviously a lot of focus on some of the underperforming school districts and Providence taking over. But what about, is there opportunity or emphasis to maybe push the boundaries a little bit or really challenge some of the more high-performing districts and have some of those exceptional students that are there really kind of, you know, lift the tide, so to speak? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Please don't get me wrong. Everybody reports on Providence, but I am the commissioner of the entire state and I work with the entire state. So last year, one of the things that was really important to me was bringing all the superintendents together. I gave everybody their data. I sat with them and I said, "Okay, where are you and where are you going to be? whether you're a high and performing district so where you where are you going to be next year you have to get better this is about continuing to move that goalpost so that we can be better and that's the conversation that i'm having with them and then we have some kids that are pretty amazing that now that we know that we can do things through distance learning that we can pair kids up we can push kids really hard so that they can be they can excel I think we have that opportunity, and that's my vision, is that all our kids have the opportunity from the ones that are struggling to the ones that are at the other end that are excelling. How do we push them even further so that they can be the example? So that that is the goal. Where does Commissioner Angelica Infante-Green, where do you come out on charter schools? For instance, in New York City, my God, the charter schools in some of those districts in the Bronx and in Brooklyn and Queens and uh, Harlem have have just absolutely lifted children out. There's some high performing mm-hmm. charter schools. Where, where do you come out as far as charter schools? Because as far as many times the teachers unions, they're portrayed as as the enemy, as as evil, and and you know there's talk about that they want to get rid of any of the charter schools. Which certainly you know I hear from different parents who think, my God, please don't let them get rid of the charter schools. That's where my my child is thriving. Well, if you're a parent and you have no choice but to send your child to a low-performing school, I don't think that's fair. I think charter schools have a place. They were meant, they were created for innovation, and they have a place. I think they are public schools. I want to make sure that everybody understands that these are public schools, and uh, they have a place. And I believe in high-quality charter schools as much as I believe in our traditional um, public schools. This year, for the first time, I closed a charter school because it wasn't performing. I I need all our schools to be performing to the level that we are expecting them to. But I believe that parents should have choice. I I do believe that we don't have the right to deny the parent the ability to go to a high-performing charter school if their choice is a low-performing school in their neighborhood. I I just don't think that that's right. Commissioner, how how will you know that your efforts are starting to really take hold and take effect. When when will, you know, forget about everybody else, what the governor may think or different. When, when, what is your internal barometer that you feel people get it and now things are really moving in the right direction? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, aside from the scores, because we won't have any this year, I, it, it's the conversations, the level of engagement, the class work. When I walk into a classroom, I I know. I know what's happening. I know if the kids are learning, the teachers are struggling with something, how are they asking for help? What are the professional development that they're seeking that they want to continue to learn? That we are one state that we can no longer, we no longer have to look at Massachusetts as the gold star. We are leading that work. That's where I feel I will feel the most comfortable and that I feel that we're in the right direction. When we can point to our own districts as making progress and change as we expect. Can you, before I let you go, can you just touch on your grandmother again? Did you say your grandmother, was she a teacher or a principal? She was a teacher and then a principal. Yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And where was that in the Dominican? In the Dominican Republic. Wow. Yes. What was she like, your grandmother? Um, tough lady. <laughs> <laughs> no excuses. Tough lady. Yeah. A lot of tough love, which um, I was raised with. And I, I truly believe that we we just need to put our kids first. Yeah. Commissioner, one thing I'll say as someone that observes you in the weekly press briefing, sometimes daily, but the weekly um, you strike me as you are all in. Your staff is all in. Um, y- you know, y- you are not someone who 
could get along or you're not on the same page with someone that takes a timid approach or kind of dips the toe in the pool, you strike me as you've got to be 100% all in to make this thing work. That is 100% correct. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't like um, people that are, you know, sort of half in. That doesn't work for me. We're going to do it all. And that's that's how I operate. That's how I run my life. And um, we just have to do it. And the people that are not willing to do it really have to step aside. I think that's that's just how I, I view things. So you're very observant. <laughs> how does Angelica Infante Green feel when she hears someone say, but that's always the way we've done it? Um, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a series of emotions. First is, okay, that's to be expected, and not anymore. That's it. We're done. We're done. Yeah. We're done. And and two two last quick questions. What what is your reaction when you hear someone say, "I don't think we can do that"? Well, I think there's there's two two ways that I think about that. The first is we'll show you, hmm. um, and two, you need to get on board and help us do it. You know, it, because I think it's really important. If you're not on board, then step aside, but don't be an obstructionist. And I think that um, we have some of that that happens sometimes, and we need to stop doing that. Final question. What type, what do you feel like when you see and run into or hear from a former student who's now an adult who says, you know, you made such an impression on my life and their thrive? What, what does that feel like? Those are the best moments of my life, I have to tell you. I spend a lot of time away from my family doing this work. And um, when I hear those students, um, it, it feels all worth it. Those are the moments that I live for. Folks, she is the Commissioner, Elementary, Secondary Education, State of Rhode Island, Commissioner Angelica Infante Green. Commissioner, great to talk to you. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you at the next briefing. Thank you. Thank you for all your great questions. All right. Thank you, Commissioner. All right. Bye-bye. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 2110-508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508 336 2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Attention business owners, in today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. If it's time for a new roof, call R&R Roofing today at 401-823-1330. R&R Roofing. Have you been thinking about getting, maybe it's time, repair that roof. Maybe it is time for a new roof. All types of shingle, flat roofs. You know, it's so important for your structure, whether at home or work, you need a roof, folks. That is what keeps nothing else matters in your home. If you don't have a solid roof, call R&R Roofing today. All work is guaranteed. Call for a free estimate at 401-823-1330. The owner, Richard Rossi, 
over 40 years in business. Call R&R Roofing today. Call for a free free estimate. All work is guaranteed. 401-823-1330. Fully insured. And on top of that, Angie's List, award winner, over five years in a row. Now, I've met with Richard. Folks, he cares. He cares attention to detail. And on top of that, impeccable cleanliness throughout the job. Job site is waterproof daily. Call for a free estimate. And all work is guaranteed. That makes such a difference. R&R Roofing. Now, if you're thinking of having your roof done, maybe it is time for a new roof. At least call, at least call R&R Roofing and get a free estimate. 401-823-1330. 401-823-1330 for R&R Roofing. You can also check out their website. It's R&RRoofingRI.com. Call them, 823-1330. It's R&R Roofing. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11, we go till 2, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's time for our legal segment. With me is attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, this first story, it's, um, you know, it's a highlight for all businesses. And I know Eva Mancuso. And, um, and this story of what has happened apparently with her law firm, a lot of businesses might not come forward with something like this for fear of that it'd be bad publicity. I know of one place that has done that, other places. But this is um this is something that the best thing that can happen is is to just shine a light on it. And and it sounds like this is a, a warning for people that this this can happen anywhere. This is a really horrible story. Um Eva Mancuso is a well-known local attorney. She has a very successful personal injury practice. Um, she's been involved in state government. She was the chairman of the Board of Higher Ed. Um, great family. Her dad was the chief of police in Providence. Her uncle was the chief of police in Cranston. A very well-known, very well-regarded family. But as can happen with any family and with any business, she allowed her goddaughter, um, or I guess it's her niece, to um, become the bookkeeper at the firm. And, you know, it's a relative, it's a godchild, it's someone that you trust, you think that they've got your back. And fast forward four years from when she was hired, and the, she has embezzled approximately, so they say, $740,000 from the firm's um, checking account. Um, hard to imagine how that amount of money can be misappropriated without the principles of the firm knowing it. But again, you know, you're in a busy practice, you're, you're dealing with clients, you're doing your thing, you're settling cases. And you assume that the money is being appropriately accounted for by your bookkeeper slash goddaughter. Probably the last person in the world that um, anyone at the firm would think would be doing something illegal and grabbing money. Um, but this is what we've got. And it happens over and over again. This time it happens to be a law firm, but it happens in any number of businesses where you've got a trusted employee and... Um, you know, you kind of take your eye off the, off the ball because you're busy, and before you know it, they're they're um, embezzling hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, Eva didn't just keep it on the down low. It is public. She is speaking to the press. The godchild is being prosecuted in the federal courts. She has pled guilty. Um, this is a case where she will presumably do jail time. Um, there's wire fraud charges, there's mail fraud charges against her, and there's also, I believe it's aggravated identity theft, for which there's a mandatory two-year imprisonment by federal statute, in addition to any other sentence that she might catch. So, you know, she's a young woman, she's got a young family, but the, the, the crime is a financial crime, of a very significant magnitude. She violated a position of trust um, and responsibility. Um, she violated a family trust. She has destroyed, in large part, the, um, the Mancuso family. Um, certainly, there's two sides of this. There's 
her family that probably doesn't want to see her go to jail and there's the other side who's like you know this young lady has completely decimated um eva and her husband's financial situation um it's a dreadful 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 situation i would think that she'll probably get three to four years imprisonment maybe she'll serve two maybe she'll do some home confinement but um she's not a sympathetic character because in addition to embezzling from the um Eva's law firm. She also uh, defrauded the state. She was working while claiming that she was injured and she was getting TDI. So she is not a sympathetic character. Um, she had a vested um, goal of grabbing as much money on the sneak as she could. And apparently she was paying her car loan. She, I think, bought herself a house. I think she was paying the car loans and other loan obligations of other family members. I mean, how could these other family members have assumed that based on a bookkeeper's salary, she was able to handle paying all these family obligations? Were they really in the dark or were they just willfully blind? I mean, that could also, if there's a element of willful blindness like hey the family's going to let this young lady pay their bills and they're not going to question how she's affording to do so um that could further cause us you know a, a break in this in this very extended previously um loving happy you know big italian family as eva called it who got along and spent the holidays together that's all in the rearview mirror and i don't think that's ever going to get rehabilitated you know tim it's it's one of those things it, it, is it this is not even you know sometimes you hear about you know the bookkeeper at the church and they did it once and then it starts to become a regular thing because they got away with it but the uh the the element of putting themselves on tdi and still getting paid that's and paying other people's bills that's almost a brazenness about it that um that 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 was most like most striking to me was then started to like expand beyond the scope of just pure embezzlement. Yes, and a lot of these cases, you've seen lawyers um, start embezzling money from clients many times. Um, it's because they've got a gambling problem, so they take the money once. They think they'll make a big score at the casino and put the money back, and they don't. And they're always playing catch up and I'm not justifying it. It's wrong every time that it's done. And most times people who get caught up in such schemes wind up going to jail and losing their livelihood. Um, this young lady is certainly looking at jail. She's lost her livelihood. Um, there's, I believe, a restitution order or she's supposed to disgorge any part of that $740,000, which might be left either in cash or things or cars or jewelry. But whatever she's going to disgorge, um, Cartier watches and bracelets and gold baubles of different types, it's going to be a drop in the bucket versus what she's um, embezzled from the law firm. And the state's going to be looking for restitution. I think that the fact she was um, defrauding the state makes uh, jail a much more likely outcome for her because it's not just defrauding a private business, but knowingly defrauding the state. Um, I think that's going to really hurt her and make her just look like, you know, a brazen criminal versus somebody who got, you know, behind the eight ball and started taking money and never was able to put it back. She looks like she was a, a woman with a specific plan to grab as much money illegally as she could from whatever source necessary. And Tim, just one of the note on this again, cause I, I know Eva and I even had dealings with her during this, this time. And she was high profile. She was, uh, she was working on the board of governors with education commissioner, Deborah Gist. I mean, she's involved with different things. But it's, it's almost to me a little bit of red flag. If you have a bookkeeper and, and you know what you're paying them, you know what they make. And then suddenly you see, you know, the person's driving a luxury automobile. They have expensive jewelry. They have watches that you go over to their home. Oh, look at this beautiful new home you bought. I mean, I, I just think it's one of those things that some there's definitely some red flags. If, if you have a business and you start to wonder you know what they make, which I, I don't know how much a bookkeeper makes at a law firm, but I, I don't, 
I wouldn't imagine it's not more than six figure, certainly not. And then I, I just think that you have to kind of listen to that inner voice in a way of like, this does not make sense. I, I think I think you're right. And hindsight being perfect, maybe those red flags were not properly taken into account. But, you know, I know I know Eva not well, but I do know her and she's very successful. And in addition to her law practice, I know she has um, gotten involved with a very serious charitable organization, which she founded with, I believe, one of her friends, where they have a store which uh, they take donations of clothing and things of that nature, and they make sure that underprivileged kids have stylish, contemporary-looking clothes so that, you know, when they're going to school, um, they can have a positive self-image. And she's, just like she throws herself into everything with a lot of gusto, and I say that in the best possible way, she's thrown herself into this charitable endeavor that she started, and I think that consumed a lot of her time, and maybe that's why she took her eye off the ball, which even makes it even worse. Here's somebody who's not paying attention to their law practice, maybe, because they're trying to do something good for the community, and while she's out there knocking herself out trying to do good for the community with this charitable organization, the kid's back at the store stealing all the money. I think it makes the crime even more um, uh, outrageous, more horrific, and just just a tragedy. It's just a terrible situation. Folks, we're with Attorney Tim Dodd. It's John DePietro. Quick break. A lot more ahead with Attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508. 508- 336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, Professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipetro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, you know, I didn't make a big deal about it, but my vehicle was actually damaged uh, by some of the protesters when I was covering one of the protests. I didn't make a huge deal about it. I wouldn't want to be the focal point, but it's true. Some of the uh, protesters, they did. They damaged my vehicle. They broke the window on the side of my car. So what did I do? I brought it to West Fountain Auto Body, and you can call them today, 272-3340. I had to get it fixed. It was obviously damaged. They also damaged part of the door. And so I took it to West Fountain. I called Kenny at West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. It's Kenny and Patricia, West Fountain folks. They did a fantastic job. With me, I mean, that's there was only one place I was going to bring it. I needed to get my car fixed. Now, listen, if you're ever in an automobile accident, something happens to your vehicle, and you need to get it repaired, call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340, 272-3340. 
272-3340, the original, the best, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. It's West Fountain Auto Body. Call them today, 272-3340. They'll handle everything for you. If you're in an accident, something happens to your car, bring it to West Fountain. 400 West Fountain Street, Providence, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. West Fountain Auto Body. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, Mike Flynn, every single week I get requests from people. What's the latest with Mike Flynn? And he's, he is in and out of the news quite a bit. Uh, unfortunately, though, um, his problems seemingly have not fully gone away. What What is the latest with General Flynn? He's not yet out of the woods, but I think he can start to see a little bit of daylight. But he's just going to play out the string here. Um with this judge Emmett Sullivan, who's just got it in for Flynn, like there's there's nobody's business. I've never really seen anything quite like it. Um, a little brief history would be that Flynn did plead guilty, but before he was ever sentenced, he switched lawyers because it looks like his first law firm did him no favors, and you know, waltzing him into um, um, an admission or a plea, a guilty plea on the, on the charge that uh, was brought um, while he was for a very short time um, uh, Trump's um, national security advisor. Um, the second team of lawyers comes in and looks at the whole thing and says, this is crazy. You should have never pled to this. There's no case. Um, they did a lot more investigation. Sidney Powell did an awesome job as his lawyer, um, put the government on its heels, put the court system on its heels to the point that the government ultimately said, you know what, this was a bad prosecution. It should have never happened in the first place. There really is no crime. This guy's rights were violated. Uh, the FBI's conduct was outrageous. And judge, we want to dismiss the case. Judge Sullivan says, well, wait a minute, not so fast. So defense counsel saying it should be dismissed. The government saying, yeah, we agree. This should be dismissed. This was a bad prosecution. The government says, no, nah, I'm not going to allow it to be dismissed. In fact, I'm going to appoint someone, a retired judge, to look into the reasons why the um, U.S. Attorney's Office is dropping the charge. Is it because of influence by the Trump administration? Is it for political considerations? Why is this happening? Um Sidney Powell takes an appeal to the appellate court saying the judge had no uh, right to conduct this inquiry, which is way, way beyond the pale in, in virtually any other um, criminal case that's being overseen by a federal court judge. Initially, uh, on an emergency basis, the three judges that heard the case agreed that the case should be dismissed. The... Um, the judge, through his own counsel, appealed that decision, and the full uh, Court of Appeal said, well, we're not going to dismiss. We're going to give this judge the right to continue and to conclude his inquiry. Maybe his inquiry is justified. Maybe it's not justified. When he's done, likely this will come back to us, and then we will decide on the appropriateness of what the judge did. But we're not going to short-circuit the judge's right in his own courtroom to conduct this um, investigation as to the motives of the federal government. So I think that what the um, circuit court did was not agree that what this um, Judge Emmett Sullivan was doing was correct, but simply saying, well, it's not right for us to um, cut him off and not allow him to do this investigation. We're not saying it's right. We're not saying it's wrong. We're just going to let him do it. And when he's done, then we'll take it up on appeal because it's going to certainly come back to us. So I don't think the um, Court of Appeals did anything to suggest that the charges are going to be reinstated or that the government's um, motion to dismiss will somehow be um, overruled. I think just think that unfortunately they're letting this Judge Sullivan, who's a known Trump hater, um, uh, pursue this uh, investigation he wants to its conclusion. It's going to cost Mike Flynn more money. 
Um, it's going to prevent him from getting his life back on track. Um, and this is not the U.S. Attorney's Office doing this. This is a judge who doesn't like what's happening and is looking into seeing if he can stop it. Um, I've never read of nor personally been involved in any case remotely like this where a judge has been such a proactive partisan um, for a particular outcome. Um, I think Flynn's fine, John. At the end of the day, he's just got to go through a few more um, difficult days and weeks until this is concluded. Mm. Folks, we're speaking with attorney uh, Tim Dodd. Tim, this next story about the Michigan governor, I I think you're going to start to have some people kind of grumble about this on the local level where more people are starting to question some of the executive orders that Governor Raimondo has been making, especially when it comes to some of the federal money that the the state received. But right now, that the Michigan governor, uh, who right from the start of this whole thing has been controversial with some of her decisions, you can't buy, uh, you can't use a motorboat, you can't paint your house, like those types of things. Now, the Michigan government's being sued over these unconstitutional executive orders. I'm just wondering if some of this could start to find its way into Rhode Island. But let's talk about the Michigan situation. Yes, and there's a great analogy to be made. And um, the fact that uh, the governor in Michigan has been sued over and over, uh, Governor Whitmer, doesn't really get a lot of national press and has not gotten a lot of uh, traction in the um, in the media. Um, the governor of Michigan was sued successfully, if you'll recall, by a barber who refused to take it and sued the governor saying that her executive order was unconstitutional as applied to him. Um, he was like a 77-year-old barber, and he ultimately prevailed um, on his challenge to the constitutionality of her executive orders. That goes back to, like, early summer. Next the governor of Michigan gets sued by a consortium of doctors who are saying the executive order that the governor imposed was, number one, overly broad. Number two, it was extended in an unconstitutional manner. I believe in Michigan that the the governor's ability to um, invoke an executive order when there's an emergency like a pandemic is good for 28 days and then it would have to be renewed and the uh, Michigan legislature would have to be consulted and and approve its continuation. This governor just keeps by executive order continuing it and continuing it and continuing it just like our governor's been doing. The beef that these doctors have is that elective surgeries quote-unquote elective surgeries were prohibited during the period of um, this lockdown. So the doctors argue, number one, that the inability to to, um, perform elective surgeries has in many cases made people sicker or made their chances for a full recovery take longer. There was a reported case where um, someone needed gallbladder surgery that couldn't be done because it was quote-unquote elective. Um, I think the person wound up with gangrene or some dreadful infection, huh. which, which resulted in uh, needing immediate surgery. There was lots of quote-unquote elective surgical procedures which could be done safely and would prevent further problems from developing. Additionally, the doctors argue because elective surgeries can't be pursued, um, which could be done safely, so they say. Doctors' incomes have suffered. They've had to lay off staff. Hospitals are losing revenue. As I'm sure your listeners know, that hospitals get creamed financially on all these um, obligatory procedures that uh, are performed for which they're never going to get paid. The only way they balance the books is when people go in for elective surgeries where there's going to be money to be paid like joint replacements or heart surgery or um, gastrointestinal surgeries uh, for, for people who have insurance and can pay the bill. Also, um, cosmetic surgery, plastic surgery, typically those are cash money um, surgical procedures uh, which keep doctors afloat, keep nurses afloat, keep staff afloat, keep the hospitals afloat. And these, this executive order 
has brought that whole system uh, crashing down and has had a severe um, economic impact on a whole range of people from doctors to nurses to other uh, hospital employees. Something like this could easily happen in Rhode Island. I mean, you've got the governor who is refusing to disperse the, what, I think it's $1.2 billion that she's sitting on because she's hoping for a fix from Congress in perhaps uh, the end of the month, beginning of the next month, which would allow this governor and other governors in a discretionary manner to use this money instead of helping small businesses to plug a budgetary hole that's been created. Um, so the governor is not following the current mandates of this money that the federal government dispersed. She's waiting to see if the law changes. So right now she's not following, she's sitting on the money and she's not spending it in the manner that it was earmarked for. Now, no one, I don't believe, has brought suit in Rhode Island to challenge her unwillingness to spend the money. That unwillingness arguably is crashing many, many businesses, restaurants in particular, uh, who just said, hey, we can't take it anymore. We can't go without being open anymore. Um, we're closing our doors. That's it. Um, those are the ones who make it public. There's many, many businesses every week that are failing in Rhode Island, and the governor's not spending any of the money or virtually none of the money to prop up businesses in the manner this money's intended for. I would think that a lawsuit would be coming down the pike. I don't know who would be the plaintiff for such a lawsuit, but um, it seems to me this governor is as exposed in a different way that the governor in Michigan is, and other governors around the country, John, they, they're going to start getting sued. All of these emergency orders were to flatten the curve. Well, the curve has been flattened, but despite the flattening of the curve, um, the governors are hanging on to this emergency power they've found that they can exercise and you know, suppressing economic activity in ways that may be unconstitutional. And I think that challenges should be brought in the various states where these orders are persisting far beyond their original purpose. Folks, he is our uh, legal analyst, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305. 3585, 305-3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's My Health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products, like a kai berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. At It's My Health at 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking and it's so healthy for you and your family, plus hemp and CBD products. For oral and topical use, they have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in, swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. 
AE Mazika Insurance Services. Call today, free consultation. It's Scott and Alex, 401-353-9300. Folks, AE Mazika Insurance Services, located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. But you can call, free consultation, 401-353-9300. They're licensed Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. It's very simple. They're going to help you and your family save money. And maybe it's on your home insurance or life insurance, business insurance, auto insurance, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Look for them on Facebook. They also have a great website. It's aemazika.com. Call them at 401-353-9300. What about if you save $200 a month? It's like giving yourself a raise. How about that? An extra $2,500 a year, maybe even more. And also, this time of year, make sure you're covered. Maybe it's for your motorcycle or your boat or jet skis or an RV, or an off-road vehicle. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call them today, 353-9300-401-353-9300. Let them help you save money. It all starts with one phone call. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. Why not? Let them help you save money. Give yourself a raise. 401-353-9300. Look for them on Facebook and their website is aemazika.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380. Remember now, Providence and North of Providence. I want you to try the 99.9 FM. 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Visit it to petro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that on the dashboard at the website, you'll see where it says Radio Show. If you ever miss any part of the show, you just click on Radio Show, and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DePietro Show. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.